On this Governing Body edition of the ASC Podcast with John Gailey, we discuss the requirements for governance in the ASC setting. This episode is designed to provide governing board members an overview of their responsibilities. Welcome to the ASC Podcast with John Gailey, the longest-running podcast specifically focused on the freestanding ambulatory surgery industry. We would like to thank our sponsors, Surgical Information Systems, providing cutting-edge information solutions for surgery providers. Trivalence. Trivalence offers a comprehensive next-generation ASC solution that optimizes payment and supply chain performance, enabling actionable data insights. And Ambulatory Healthcare Strategies the nation's leading regulatory and accreditation compliance resource for ambulatory surgery centers. For more information about our sponsors, please visit our website at ASCPodcast.com. Welcome to episode 194 of the Governing Body Edition of the ASC Podcast with John Gailey for July 20th, 2023, recording from our studios in Spencerport, New York. This is Sue Cronkite, Chief Researcher for the ASC Podcast with John Gailey and Operations Manager for Ambulatory Healthcare Strategies. The ASC regulatory environment is extremely dynamic and the material provided in this episode is based on information available as of the date of the recording. Now, joining me is John Gailey, the owner of Ambulatory Healthcare Strategies. He is recognized as one of the nation's leading experts in the ambulatory surgery industry. Mr. Gailey is the author of over 10 books on the ASC industry, and he is a frequent industry speaker on regulatory accreditation and finance issues. So this is a brand new uh, edition of the ASC podcast with John Gailey. A podcast has been going on for more than five years, about five and a half years now, and uh, we, every once in a while, we have uh, specially designed uh, episodes. For example, we have a staff episode, and sometimes we have episodes that are uh, focused on state associations. But we, we find a need for governing body members to have a concise summary of certain items, and we're kicking off this effort with uh, this governing body edition where we're going to focus on the governance requirements from the Conditions for Coverage and Interpretive Guidelines. So hopefully you as governing body members know that your uh, certification uh, with Medicare is dependent upon you are following the conditions for coverage for ambulatory surgery centers and the interpretive guidelines that were also published by CMS that further interpret those conditions. So this is what we hope, Sue, to become an ongoing special edition of the uh, the podcast. So we, but we thought it was extremely important to start off with really the most important thing for you as governing body members to know is what those regulations are. So therefore, let's jump right into the topic. So we always want to start these discussions by talking about the condition for coverage, and this one is four sixteen dot four one condition for coverage governing body and management. So the ASC must have a governing body that assumes full legal responsibility for determining, implementing, and monitoring policies governing the ASC's total operation. The governing body has oversight and accountability for the Quality Assessment and Performance Improvement Program, ensures that the facility policies and programs 
are administered so as to provide quality health care in a safe environment and develops and maintains a disaster preparedness plan, which is kind of everything. Everything, right. <laughs> it's a very succinct statement. Of course, uh, just to remind everyone that the conditions for coverage, of course, are the Medicare regulations that uh, um, that govern uh, your uh, Medicare certification. You need Medicare certification to become an ambulatory surgery center to be able to not only take care of Medicare patients, but most other uh, health insurance providers require you to have a Medicare certification also, as well as your state might requirement as part of their licensing. So uh, we'll now let's talk about the interpretive guidelines. So, of course, as we all know, the Medicare regulations or the conditions for coverage state in, in a very succinct way, as Sue just read, uh, what the condition is. But the interpretive guidelines help us to uh, delve into it deeper. They, they give us the information that a surveyor will be looking at when they come out to assess your compliance with the conditions for coverage. And it states that an ASC must have a designated governing body that exercises oversight for all ASC activities. And the governing body is responsible for establishing those ASC policies, making sure that the policies are implemented, and monitoring internal compliance with the ASC's policies, as well as assessing those policies periodically to determine whether they need revision. One of the toughest things in, in some organizations, especially large organizations, is determining what is the governing body. Sometimes, uh, especially if that organization is affiliated with a hospital or a management company, identifying what part of the organization is the governing body is sometimes uh, difficult. So make sure that uh, in your organization you can specifically state who the governing body is. Maybe it's called the board of managers. Maybe it's called the board of directors. Whatever it is, be ready uh, when a surveyor comes out to identify not only the title of it but the members of it and and uh, be able to show uh, that there are regular meetings of that, that body. And the regulation particularly stresses the responsibility of the governing body for various uh, aspects of the operation, including the direct oversight of the ASC's Quality Assessment and Performance Program, better known as the QAPI program, uh, the quality of the ASC's healthcare services, the safety of the ASC's environment, and the development and maintenance of a disaster preparedness plan. And remember that in the case of an ASC that has only one owner, that individual is actually the governing body. So uh, you might not call them that, but they are the governing body. And you still probably should have minutes there that reflect the activities there. I know he's only meeting or he or she is only meeting with themselves, but still you want to have a, uh, a set of records that documents the work that's going on. And although the governing body may delegate the day-to-day -day responsibilities for operations to an administrative medical or other personnel, such as your administrator, director of nursing, medical director, ultimately the ASC's governing body retains the ultimate responsibility for all of the, uh, the operations and the quality of the services. And I think the best way that a surveyor can determine that the organization is fulfilling the governing body responsibilities is by reading the minutes. And you know, take a very hard look at your minutes and, and look through it and make sure that all of those things that we're talking about, all of those things that are mentioned in that conditions for coverage are discussed as part of your regular governing body meetings. And often I, as a surveyor, when I come out, I'll find that the governing body meetings uh, might be one or two paragraphs and they're only talking about financial things. There's no mention of quality. There's no mention of disaster preparedness. Uh, there's no uh, discussion of the activities of the administrator or the nurse manager, et cetera. Sometimes we find even the uh, the nurse manager doesn't even attend the governing mm -hmm. body meetings, mm -hmm. which I, I can understand maybe it's not always the case, but that 
uh, there should be somebody representing the, the nursing staff during those board meetings. Or can they attend part of it? Do, do you suggest ever breaking up the, well, not breaking it up, having it all at once, but maybe certain people attend certain parts of it? That's right. And that's very common that they might be there for the beginning of the meeting. And, and then when they start talking about finances, for example, mm-hmm. maybe you dismiss the director of nursing and you bring in the business office manager or whatever. One thing that's important is remember your delegations of the governing body's authority should be, must be uh, in writing, and uh, it needs to be reflected in the governing body minutes too. The governing body is responsible for creating a safe environment where the ASC's patients can receive high-quality healthcare services. And that means that it's not only responsible for adopting the policies and procedures that govern all the operations, but also it has to take actions to ensure that those policies are implemented. So anytime that uh, it's apparent that a breach has occurred or somebody is not following the policies and procedures, be that an employee or a member of the medical staff, uh, the governing body has to take action, has to document the action that they're taking. Through its direct oversight and accountability of the ASC's QAPI program, it's expected that the ASC is better able to improve care being furnished to the patients. So one one thing that I've I've always emphasized when I'm doing a survey of an organization is that if condition level citations or deficiencies are are found related to multiple conditions for coverage, other conditions for coverage in the ASC, uh, the result is often that, especially if it has to do with quality health care or the safe environment, then likely you're going to see a citation in the governing body. So uh, a, a lot of problems in other chapters, if you're in a, in a HHC or other areas, uh, if you're CMS or uh, Joint Commission or, or the other accrediting organizations, you're likely to see citations also in the governing body section. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about what surveyors are going to be looking for during a survey. So these are the types of things that you're going to likely have uh, uh, occur when a surveyor shows up. The surveyor is going to ask the uh, the ASC for information about its governing body. Uh, if there's questions about who constitutes the ASC's governing body, it may help to review the information that the ASC reported uh, on the 855B application. So you need to make sure that that 855B uh, application and the, uh, the PECOS um, online computer information is up to date. And that will help you identify who the individuals with ownership interests are and who uh, has or manages the control of the ASC. They're also going to ask the ASC how frequently the governing body meets and what are the typical items that are included in the meeting agendas. And they're going to look to, uh, to, to see those agendas as well as the, uh, the minutes from those meetings. And then they want to know uh, who the governing body has delegated operational responsibilities to, who are the managers of the organization, such as the administrator, the nurse manager, the director of uh, nursing, or the medical director, et cetera. And we really recommend, and some accreditation organizations require you to make those appointments or to renew those appointments on a regular basis, such as annually. Uh, they're also going to want to look at the organizational chart of the ASC to determine who uh, performs the various functions, including the human resources function, medical staff credentialing and granting of privileges, uh, who is in charge of managing the surgical services, the nursing services, pharmaceutical services, the laboratory, or even if you have a uh, uh, laboratory waiver, you're going to have somebody that's responsible for overseeing the laboratory waiver. You know, radiologic services, uh, who's uh, managing the ASC's physical plant, 
uh, who's responsible for medical records, be they EMR or physical records, who's in charge of infection control, who's in charge of the quality assurance and performance improvement program. And, and of course, the best way to identify all of this information is by looking at the minutes of the governing body for evidence of all of these activities. So make sure that there's a lot of information in that those minutes about it. Um, I, I also encourage you to make sure that the minutes reflect all of that information related to the conditions for coverage mm-hmm. and interpretive guidelines as the first part of the meeting, because that shows the importance that the governing body places on overseeing all of those functions. <laughs> Often I'll, I'll go in and I'll read minutes, and the first conversation is about how much money they made during the, mm-hmm. the quarter. That doesn't really set the right tone for a surveyor when they're looking at it. So just move the agenda around so everybody talks about the quality improvement program, uh, you know, safety program, emergency preparedness, all of those things should be discussed before you get into a discussion about finances. So again, the governing body minutes are critical part of a survey, a critical part of documenting what uh, the activities of the governing body are. And frankly, you know, if you have a lawsuit, uh, those governing body minutes are going to be an important part of the uh, conversations that you have with your attorney and might also be brought up in court. So be very careful about how you write them. Now, the conditions for coverage are also very specific about the governing body responsibilities related to the Quality Improvement Program, and that's actually in 416.43E. Sue, do you want to mention those? The governing body must ensure that the QAPI program is defined, implemented, and maintained by the ASC, that it addresses the ASC's priorities, and that all improvements are evaluated for their effectiveness, specifies data collection methods, frequency, and details, that it clearly establishes its expectations for safety, and that it adequately allocates sufficient time, staff, information systems, and training to implement the QAPI program. So again, very important that the governing body minutes reflect these activities. Uh, You don't want to just make a statement, the governing body reviewed the quality improvement minutes and approved all the actions. That's not enough. You're going to have to have a deep discussion about what's going on in the quality improvement program. And as uh, Sue mentioned, in the actual conditions for coverage, there's some very specific areas. And again, the interpretive guidelines provide a lot of information about this. So an ongoing successful quality improvement program requires the support and direction of the ASC's leadership, meaning the governing body. And this regulation makes clear that the CMS expectations for the governing body must assume is that they must assume responsibility for all aspects of the design and implementation of every phase of the quality improvement program. The governing body must assure that the ASC's program is defined in writing. Uh, For example, in the minutes of a meeting where the governing body established the program, you're going to want to see that approval of the program. And that should be updated or must be updated every year. They're going to want to make sure that the that there's actual evidence that the quality improvement program has been implemented and that the governing body is overseeing it or reviewing the activities of that governing body and, again, reflected in the minutes. So you're going to want to see written evidence of that implementation as well as evidence and knowledge of the program by the ASC staff. And, you know, during a survey, if uh, I am reviewing or going through the, the organization, somebody points out a governing body member, I'm probably going to ask that governing body member about their knowledge of the conditions for coverage and their responsibility. And they want to make sure that this is an ongoing program. Sue, this is an ongoing issue that we have sometimes when people mm-hmm. come and hire us. We have one particular client that we're never uh, very uh, happy with because they come back to us every three years and uh, 
make us, uh, you know, probably about six months before each survey, and they have a rough time. They never really have a great survey because it's very evident to the surveyors that this is not an ongoing program, uh, that they really just kind of ramp it up as they get closer to the survey, and uh, the rest of the time they're not, uh, not fully engaged. And they want to make sure that the, the governing body is aware of the various quality indicators that are being used, uh, that there's some priorities established. They're going to want to look at the strategic plan, uh, the goals and objectives established by the governing body to see that there's activities there that reflect what's going on in the quality improvement, infection control, risk management programs. And they want to make sure that they're actually using that data that's being collected and analyzed to improve the ASC's performance. You, you want to make sure that uh, if, if the data is not telling you something, then you're going to want to search for other data that is going to tell you something about what's going on. And they want to evaluate the changes that have been uh, designed to improve the performance to determine whether they are effective. In other words, every time you implement a new program, is are all those changes that you put into place, any of those plans of correction that you put into place, are those effective in uh, in, in fixing whatever issues might have been identified. And the governing body also has to make sure that there's sufficient resources. Uh, is the governing body allocating sufficient and qualified staff, uh, including outside organizations like consultants, et cetera, as well as uh, qualified individuals as the director of nursing, the administrator, um, infection control coordinator, medical director, et cetera. And, and that those, organ- those individuals have sufficient time that they are not totally engaged in other activities and, and don't have the time to be able to do this. And Sue, you and I well know that this is not um, – this is a time-consuming process here. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of information that has to be gathered. There's a lot of analysis that has to be done. I've heard – literally I've heard doctors say to me, oh, this is something you can probably do in two or three hours a week. I would argue and I think we all agree that it's probably about 20 hours a week. Uh, minimum to be able to maintain a good quality improvement program. So make sure your governing body minutes reflect the, the allocation of those various resources uh, in your organization and, and that they follow up any time that they find that the resources have not been enough uh, to deal with the issues. So what are surveyors going to be looking for when it comes to the quality improvement program? Well, they're going to want to look at the quality improvement program to make sure it includes all of the essential elements that we just discussed. They're going to want to talk to the leadership to explain uh, how the governing body is involved in the quality improvement program. You know, what what is, uh, you know, how is that information moved up to the governing body and what does the governing body do uh, to, uh, to make sure the quality improvement program is indeed effective? Uh, is there evidence of the governing body review of the elements of the quality improvement program? For, and that would, of course, be in the meeting minutes. And then they're going to ask the leadership uh, how it uses the program to improve performance. They're going to want to see actual activities. They're going to want to things, see things identified. Sue, so you mentioned it earlier. Incident reports, of course, mm-hmm. are a primary tool for identifying problems uh, in your organization or opportunities for improvement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're not getting any incident reports, if you're not identifying any particular issues, then there's always going to be something. There's always going to be an area for improvement. If you're not identifying uh, areas for improvement, then your quality improvement program really is not up to snuff. And, and you definitely um, want to make sure your governing body uh, knows that this could be a particular issue and ask them for some guidance as to uh, how they uh, would like to see it improved. Or if you're identifying those opportunities for improvement, but you're not noting what improvements you're going to make, then, you know, that's an issue too. You have to actually take steps when after you, you have an incident report. Right, exactly. And it's got to be well documented. Closing the loop, it's a phrase, mm-hmm. phrase that mm-hmm. we use quite a bit in our training programs. How do we close the loop? We identify a problem. What did we do about it? Did we change a policy? Did we change a protocol? 
Um, did we uh, retrain our staff? Did we have to discipline somebody who uh, was not, um, you know, performing appropriately or not following the policies and procedures? Let's talk a little bit about governing body meetings. Uh, first of all, the, the regulations do state that the governing body has to meet at least once a year. Uh, but I can guarantee you, you're going to be cited if the governing body is only meeting once a year because there's no way that they can carry out all of the responsibilities, including the credentialing and privileges and providers. Um, you know, if you have a quality improvement program, it has to be ongoing, which means you don't only deal you don't only deal with issues that have been identified once per year. You want to deal with them as they come along. So our recommendation, strong recommendation, is that the governing body meet at least on a quarterly basis and that those meetings be just after the quality improvement meeting uh, so that they can uh, dwell or, or, or spend some time talking about all the activities of the quality improvement. And, of course, the meeting minutes have to have documentation of all of the decisions made by the governing body. I'm always very critical about organizations that have a uh, administrative assistant write up the minutes of the governing body. Uh, that's it's uh, you know those individuals just don't have the knowledge of the requirements of governing body minutes to be able to do that. So that's really a responsibility of the administrator, the director of nursing, or somebody on the governing body. Uh, you're also going to want to have a discussion during those governing body minutes about the progress of your goals and objectives and the establishment of goals and objectives in a strategic plan. You're going to want to discuss legal issues because from legal issues you can identify areas that might need improvement in your organization. Of course, you're going to want to have that financial update, which I frankly have never found a, a problem in most organizations and in making sure a financial update is done. You're also going to want to review all the contracts of the governing body meeting and approve any of those that have been uh, executed during uh, the, the between the last uh, meeting and now. Uh, you also want to evaluate those contracts on a regular basis for compliance with regulations and make sure that those organizations that you are contracting with continue to maintain compliance. And if they don't, then you're going to probably have to look into replacing them. You also want to make sure that you have uh, various resources to remain compliant available. Uh, make sure that uh, the staff has availability of training uh, on the uh, various aspects of uh, complying with the regulations. And you want to review changes to the regulations and implement changes to policies as necessary. I think COVID has taught us that regulations can change on a dime. Uh, I would, As I was preparing for today's uh, podcast, Sue, I was going through the CMS updates because, you know, periodically mm -hmm. we see things for the ASCs. And uh, the poor nursing home industry <laughs> has 12 updates that were mm -hmm. posted at the end of March. That just shows how, I mean... There's a lot of updates that the nursing home industry is going to have to do. So we're off the hook right now and not having anything in the last couple of weeks. But that's what, those are the things that we do try to update you on in the, um, the podcast here so that you're always up to date on uh, the latest regulatory changes. But you need to have resources to be able to identify those changes and make um, policy changes, protocol changes, et cetera, uh, when those things occur. Also, during the governing body meeting, of course, you want to have a specific section where you review the quality improvement, the risk management, and incident reporting in your organization. Uh, you want to make sure that the administrators that implemented the quality improvement program appropriately and following through on things. You want to address any safety issues such as OSHA or bloodborne pathogens. You're going to want to uh, review the quality improvement program and the infection control program at and safety program at least on an annual basis. You're going to want to have some documentation in the governing body minutes of the review of the status of the facilities and the equipment. Uh, of course, you're going to want to make appointments uh, for all of those individuals we talked about earlier, anytime that you're 
uh, giving responsibility to another individual, such as the director of nursing, uh, the administrator, the medical director, that's going to have to be uh, in, a, in an appointment. Uh, and usually that should be done on an annual basis. Most accreditation organizations require that now. And of course, one of the big responsibilities is the approval of privileges for the providers that are providing uh, services at your organization. And of course, anytime policies and procedures are changed, the governing body is the only or part of the organization that can can approve those policies and procedures. So that was a very quick, I think I talked very fast there, uh, <laughs> conversation about the governing body responsibilities. So we hope that this has been useful as an introduction. If you would like more in-depth information to keep informed about all aspects of ASCs, visit our website at ASCpodcast.com and look up any of our 194 episodes as we discuss various ASC issues in more depth. The website also contains information about our many educational and hopefully entertaining conferences on all aspects of running an ASC. And that's it for this episode. We hope that you will subscribe to our podcast and spread the word to your colleagues. It's been a long day, and the surveyor has just left, and you are exhausted and looking at the list of items that you have to address. You wonder, how can I deal with this and still take care of my patients? More importantly, you wonder, how can I ever keep up with all of the regulations, standards, and accreditation requirements? How can I always be prepared for a survey and reduce my stress levels? Well, that's what Ambitory Healthcare Strategies does, day in, day out. We become your outsourced regulatory and accreditation resource. We can maintain your policy manual, develop your education programs, help out with fire and disaster drills, do your risk assessments, oversee your quality improvement activities, help run your quality improvement meetings and governing body meetings, and we can even prepare your monthly or quarterly financial statements and help you figure out where you are financially. We are a retainer-based service. We don't take ownership. We don't charge based on your revenue. We have one fixed monthly fee, and we can tailor your services to your exact needs. So whether you're looking for help getting over a survey, preparing for a survey, or looking for a long-term relationship to assist you with your ongoing regulatory and or financial needs, please give us a call at 585-594-1167 or email us at info at ahstrategies.com. That is info at ah-strategies.com or visit our website at ah-strategies.com. This episode of the ASC Podcast with John Gailey is sponsored by Surgical Information Systems, Trivalence, and Ambulatory Healthcare Strategies. Surgical Information Systems provides cutting-edge information solutions for surgery providers. Trivalence offers a comprehensive next-generation ASC solution that optimizes payment and supply chain performance, enabling actionable insights. Ambulatory Healthcare Strategies is the nation's leading regulatory and accreditation compliance resource for ambulatory surgery centers. For more information about our sponsors, visit our website at ASCpodcast.com. This podcast is an educational and operational tool and is not intended to be a comprehensive resource for all rules, regulations, and standards that an ambulatory surgery center must meet. The advice provided should not be considered as, nor does it constitute, legal advice or opinion. When reviewing specific situations involving legal and regulatory issues, attorneys and other professionals should be consulted. This has been a production of Eden Group Development. All rights are reserved. If you are interested in advertising or sponsoring the ASC Podcast with John Gailey, please email us at info at ASCpodcast.com. We would love to hear your questions and comments. Please email us at comments at ASCpodcast.com.